0: Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, professional poker player, author, and host of House of Cards. You can all, wherever you're listening to our show, we're now blanketing the United States. You can send in your questions or comments about the show to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash hocradio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC Radio.
1: Hey listeners, this is Dave from House of Cards and we'd like to congratulate Beth Gaines from Los Angeles, California as the winner of our Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure giveaway. Beth has won, courtesy of Poker Stars and House of Cards, three nights at the Atlantis Resort and Casino in the Bahamas, one thousand dollars in cash, a two hundred and fifty dollars gift certificate for the spa at the Atlantis Resort, and free entry into both the ladies' event at the 2010 Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure and the Poker Stars Boot Camp being held at the Atlantis. Congratulations, Beth, from all of us at House of Cards.
0: Poker players, listen up. Your right to play poker continues to come under attack. But with over 1 million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides, but we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love.
2: Cheers me up. What? Rolled up aces over kings.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls.
1: The House of Cards. Today, the game is different with author and professional poker player
3: Ashley Adams.
2: Okay, you have some skin.
0: Good evening, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, For many of our listeners, it's cold, it's wintertime, and uh, of course, many of our listeners are all over the world where it may very well be warm, it may even be summer, but up here in New England where the show originates, it is cold. So I decided that for tonight's show, we're going to have somebody talking about a place that's warm, going to be talking about Biloxi, Mississippi, the Beau Revage. Our first guest will be Ken Lambert, who's the director of poker operations, talking about both the Beau Revage and the Gold Strike in Tunica, Mississippi. Uh, I think you'll enjoy listening to him talk about that. And then we're going to have something for your brain. We're going to be having Sam Braids, who's the author of Intelligent Guide to Poker. We've had him on before, but he has a new online site that I think addresses the interest of rotation game, mixed game players who don't know really what to do when it gets to stud, high, low, eight or better. He has a site that addresses that specifically. He's going to talk about high-low strategy as well as some improvements he's made for his second edition of Intelligent Guide to Poker. Stay tuned. Listen in. I think you'll enjoy it. We're going to have a commercial break. Don't go away.
1: Great moments in history. In 481 BC, the defeat of the Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae. As
0: long as Zerxiv doesn't find the secret path to the hot gates, where is it, boy? xerxes has found the secret goat path to the hot gates. Ah, shit. In June
1: 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Poker players, listen up. Your right to play poker continues
0: to come under attack. But with over one million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides, but we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love.
2: My, 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 my. My, my, my. I want to hold them like they do in Texas play It's time for us to do something. This is all getting way out of hand. What do you mean? The song is sweet.
1: This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. The
2: Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Sluts, Bloods, waste toys, Dweebies, they all adore if they think he's a righteous dude.
0: Welcome back, listeners. As promised, We're going to move our attention to a warmer climate, at least warmer than Boston, where this show originates from. We're going to talk with Ken Lambert from the Beau Rivage Casino and Resort down in Louisiana. Um, wait a second. Is it in Louisiana? It's in Mississippi. Ken, are you there? Help us out.
3: I, I'm here. Yeah, it, it's actually it's Biloxi, Mississippi.
0: Biloxi, Mississippi. Well, you know what? I want to hear about the latest promotions, but before you do that, tell us a little bit about the setting and uh, the origin of the Beau Rivage.
3: Well, uh, actually, you know, we're we're right on the Gulf. Uh, we overlook the uh, the Gulf of Mexico. We're we're right on the water. It's beautiful. Uh, we got a lot of sand around us, and uh, the Beau Rivage is a beautiful property. Uh, Seventeen hundred and forty rooms, and. uh we you know our, our hotel is absolutely gorgeous the property is gorgeous uh, from the time you drive up to the valet um, with all the trees and the beautiful scenery to the walk it from the time you walk into the uh, uh, the hotel lobby uh, it's just it's just beautiful.
0: Well let me ask you something more pointed. It's now today it got down into the 20s here where the show originates from in Boston and we have listeners in New Hampshire, listeners in uh, New Jersey listeners frankly, in Texas, too, and then all over the world on the Internet. But what's the temperature like there now in December?
3: Well, about 50 degrees. Um, We did have a little cold spell, but actually it's it's about 50 degrees and has been hitting around 55. And we're going to be playing golf probably in shorts in January.
0: So it's not the kind of weather that I can go swimming in, but it's also not the kind of weather I need a heavy coat and a hat and a scarf and mittens.
3: No, no, not at all. Uh, just a light, a light jacket should get the job done. You might not want to do any swimming, but uh, we have, have, uh, have had some that have been known.
0: Okay. Well, tell us about the poker room, how big it is, what games you spread. And I don't want to hear the standard salt. So we'll spread anything that our players want. I want to hear about the real games that you have and then about tournaments and any promotions you got going on.
3: you got it. Well, uh, at the Beau Rivage, we've got uh, 16 tables in our regular poker room. And uh, we don't just spread games that you uh, that, that that you would like, uh, that anybody would like. Actually, we play uh, 10-20 Omaha, high-low split.
0: Is that? We also, oh, 10-20 Omaha 8, uh-huh.
3: Yeah, yeah, we also play uh, uh, pot-limit Omaha, uh, which is a straight high game also. Uh, and we have the no-limit games, you know, the 2-5 and the five ten. 10 But we are fortunate uh, at the Beau Rivage. where we do have the other games. Like I said, the Omaha games are hard to come by today whether it is the pot limit uh, uh, or the eight or better games.
0: Right. Now, you mentioned 2-5 five and five ten. Do you also have a low-stakes game for the low rollers?
3: Oh, yeah. We play one and two blind uh, no-limit hold'em games uh, uh, every single day. So uh, from the, uh, uh, the guy that's just learning the roll, uh, uh, the low rollers or, or the guy that's got a serious bankroll and uh, he just wants to come in and uh, feel some excitement and some adrenaline, uh, we've got a game for him.
0: What about limit hold'em? Do you spread that anymore?
3: We spread four eight limit every day.
0: Wow, that's terrific! And what's the buy-in for those no limit games?
3: Well, for the one and two blind game, it's a uh, uh, minimum one hundred. We uh, don't have a max on our game, so a guy could come in if he wants to and buy in for a hundred. He could buy in uh, for a thousand. Uh, on the two five game, it's uh, it's two hundred, and um, you know the five and ten blind game gets a little higher. You know, we get it up to about five hundred dollars for a buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, our, and our uh, our limit game, like I said, our four eight limit game, just forty dollars.
0: Wow, that's great. So, what about tournaments?
3: Uh, tournaments, boy, well, we have lots of tournaments. Uh, you know, we do run um, about two tournaments every day at the Beau Rivage on a daily basis, and then on the weekends we do have a little higher uh, buy-ins where the buy-ins will range from two to two hundred uh, to three hundred, and we also do a lot of guaranteed tournaments where. You know, if you have a $200 buy-in tournament, we might guarantee $10,000 in, uh, in total prize money.
0: Wow. So you may have some overlays if you don't have 50 players, for example, in the 200-player tournament, that uh, there might be some cash added by the House to assure the guarantee.
3: Uh, that's correct, and it has happened a couple times. Not very often for us, but uh, a lot of times there is some overlay, or as uh, some of the players call it, dead money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Now, do you also have um, major tournaments that come through the Beau Rivage?
3: Yes, oh definitely we do. Uh, we run uh, three major tournaments a year, actually, at the Beau Rivage, and uh, our biggest one's coming up uh, in January. It actually starts January the 6th. So tell us about that. Well, it's, uh, it's a WPT event. Um, the main event is actually a $10,000 buy-in, and uh, it is televised. Uh, it is by WPT, which is World Poker Tour. And it starts on uh, January the 24th, and it's a four-day event and runs through the 27th. Oh, that's the main event. That's the main event. Uh, um, but now we have, we have buy-ins, like I said, from January the 6th all the way through to the 27th. Buy-ins that range anywhere from $200. Um, we have $500 events, 300. We have a $1,000 event. Uh, we've even taken the time to put in a pot limit Omaha championship event, which the buy-in for that is $5,000. All
0: right, I'm going to ask you a question that you, you and I have hit all home runs so far, but this one's, I imagine, a tough one. Do you have any stud events whatsoever in this tournament?
2: Stud?
3: What is stud? Oh, I remember that now. <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's we actually don't have a stud event. Oh, no, wait, I'm 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 I just told you something wasn't correct. We do have stud. We have the uh, stud eight or better. You do. Yes, we do a stud high low event. We sure do. When I is that? Yeah. When is that? Um, the stud high low eight or better is actually on uh, Thursday, January the seventh. Ah, and
2: okay. then we,
3: And then we'll also have just a straight stud event, uh, straight high only. Which is on January the uh, the fourteenth on a Thursday, which is a three hundred dollar buy in.
0: Now, are your tournaments two, uh, other than your main event, which is a f- uh, four day event, are the other tournaments two day or three day or one day?
3: No, a- a- every event that normally starts at noon, uh, they're they're a two day event because the field's you know usually so large that uh, you know you can't you can't play them out. Otherwise, you play about eighteen hours. Right. Um, but what we will do though is we will actually. If it, if it is a smaller field, say as the stud eight or better, or the stud uh, limit, and it is a smaller field, and we do get down to a, a reasonable amount of players or one table, you know, we do have the option at that time. We could say, hey, you know, guys, what do you think? Uh, you want to play this thing out? You want to play, you know, or or come back tomorrow?
0: Well, the only the reason I was asking is, uh, I was just selfishly trying to think about whether I could come down to play in the stud events at least. And uh, that depends on whether I can get home. I'm always home Friday nights. That's one of the deals my wife and I made. It allows me to play any other night. But Friday night, I'm always with her. And so the only way I can play a tournament that ends on a Friday is to have her down there with me so that, uh, you know, we can have our night after the tournament's over. But I couldn't possibly do that because I got to plan on making the second day. You know, you can't plan on being out after the first day, Right.
3: That's right. If you if you plan on being out after the first day, then uh, why you know why'd you get in?
0: Right. That's right. So if it starts on a Thursday, that means it's going to end on a Friday, assuming I make the final table, and that would make my arrangement. So I'd have to play in some other events. When are your Omaha events?
3: Well, we've actually got. Um, well, I will tell you what. Here, here's one for you, right here on a Wednesday. Ooh, perfect. So it's, a, it's, it's a half and half. We play half stud or better and half Omaha. Oh, it's an O E. Yes, it is. Oh, and which Thursday
0: is it? which Wednesday is that?
3: That's actually on on the thirteenth.
0: Uh, oh, maybe I could do that. That would be great.
3: Yeah, um, that's three hundred dollars buy-in. Also,
0: what kind of accommodations do you make for players in the tournaments? Do you have a special rate, or are your rates always very low? What would I do if I wanted to come down?
3: Well, if you wanted to come down, you would just call the Beau Revives. You could call the other uh, poker office, and you would talk to a young lady named Donna. Uh, she books uh, um, our rooms for the players and. Uh, the room rate during the tournament is $69. Wow. Um, plus a $5 resort fee. And Now, that's that's during the week, but on Friday and Saturdays, it is $99.
0: Okay. Still, it's uh, a lot cheaper than uh, the nicest properties in Las Vegas.
3: Oh, yeah. And, and, and the Beau Rivage is such a beautiful, beautiful property, uh, you know, from top to bottom. It really is. And, uh, you know, for anybody that really wants to come and play any type of tournament, I don't know if you've heard of a... Uh, a hose tournament or a horse tournament? Hose. That. You have ho- hose down there. We have a hose tournament.
0: Okay. When that, is that?
3: that? That that's actually um, the hose tournament was on January the tenth. I see. And and for those of the that don't know what hose is, you know it's a, it's a Holdem Omaha stud and eight or better. So you play you know you you'll you're, you're play four different games, uh, and the uh, the buy-in for that's three hundred.
0: Okay. What do you have going on in February? For uh, the show will probably run in January, and I want to make sure that uh, when people hear it, especially some of our other markets out of the Boston area, that there'll be stuff that they can do. What do you have going on in February?
3: Well, actually, in February, if you want to come to our sister property in northern Mississippi, uh, the Gold Strike Casino.
0: Oh, I know the Gold Strike. I've, I played in the World Poker Open.
3: Yeah, I actually I started the World Poker Open here in Tunica, Mississippi, at the Gold Strike uh, back in uh, 2000.
0: Wow, and when is that going to be?
3: Uh, that's actually going to be uh, February the 25th through March the 8th.
0: That's great. Are you going to have a press tournament like you did uh, a few years back, or have you discontinued that?
3: Well, you know what? We haven't discontinued it um, you know, uh, uh, we, we do have a little press event um, at the Beau Vaj. It's not really a tournament. What we do is, is we actually will invite uh, the press to come for a, a meet-and-greet, an autograph session. Uh, we do a, uh, um, a player party, actually, the night before our main event starts uh-huh. and try to get all the big players to come down, and there will be some signing autographs and, and maybe signing some books. And so we invite the press to come and meet and get an opportunity to talk with all those players.
2: Oh, well,
0: that's terrific. Um, I do have a question about the World Poker Open, if you know. do they Are they still going to have stud events? Because I remember they used to have one or two stud, or at least um, they had some of the hose or horse events.
3: Oh, yeah. Every, every year I always try to put a, um, a stud event. You know, that's the one thing. I've been doing tournaments a long time, and I don't believe in just all no-limit hold'em. I believe in giving the players an opportunity to play games they've played throughout the years. And there, there, will be a, um, a stud eight or better event on uh, on March the fourth.
0: Oh, that's great! That's up in uh, the Gold Strike.
3: Yeah, that's at the Gold Strike in Tunica. You know, I am because I, cause I I'm, I'm the director of poker operations over both properties, the Beau Ravage and, and the Gold Strike. Both.
0: Well, I got to tell you, I've spent uh, quite a bit of time in Tunica, and for those who don't have not been there, Tunica is like uh, maybe the third or fourth highest concentration of poker uh, in the United States I mean it's right after Atlantic City and Las Vegas maybe Reno is ahead of it but it's right up there there are a lot of there are, there were five poker rooms yours I think is maybe the best <clears throat> there's also the at least it used to be called the horseshoe right next yeah. door and a bunch of others and it's a great place to play you get a lot of variety um, I really enjoyed it
3: yeah, there's, there, you know, there's always been a lot of action, um, you know, in the Tunica market. Uh, you know, we started poker tournaments here. Uh, I think the first one that I ever did was in 1999, and um, you know, ever since um, the tournaments have grown here every year, a lot of action. And you know, being you know located just outside of Memphis, what uh, 30 30 miles outside uh, of Memphis from the uh, from the airport, a lot of players.
0: Yep, that's true. I want to ask about the Beau Rivage. Um, one of the things that's closest to my heart, other than poker, is eating. What kind of food places do you have down at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi?
3: Oh, wow! Um, we've got what we call Gia, uh, Gia Restaurant, which is uh, uh, you know your uh, your Chinese food, and uh, we have sushi, wonderful sushi. Um, we have a steakhouse called Br Prime, best anywhere. Um, the buffet uh, is just—it's uh, over the top. Over the top, of the buffet. Uh, we also have uh, Memphis Q if you like barbecue and uh, some of that great southern cooking. You uh, the Memphis Q is is a fabulous place. Um, you know, then we have a place called Snacks, You know, if you just want to get a little snack, you know, Snatch. No snack.
0: Oh. I thought well, like it was a, play- a strip club or something.
3: Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no strip clubs in the Beau uh, uh, You know, it's called snacks. Actually, you can be playing poker, and we'll go down there and get you a sandwich for you and bring it to you, and you can eat it right at the table.
0: How about that? What kind of comps do players get when they play?
3: Well, if you're looking to, uh, you know, to eat uh, during the tournament, we're going to have uh, um, an opportunity to, to give you a, a buffet. Or twelve dollars off of um, you know, one of the other food outlets. It doesn't. It doesn't include the gourmet restaurants, but uh, um, you know you can use that twelve dollars in, uh, in our in our ice cream shop and also in our in our, in our uh, roasted bean, our coffee place. So um, you know, but our, our regular players for every five hours of play you receive a buffet.
0: That's a good and, deal.
3: Yeah, it is a good. Every deal. Every
0: five and, hours of play, you get a buffet. That's like uh, two bucks an hour or more.
3: That that that's correct, it is, it is. Uh, so it's one of the best deals anywhere and uh you know, at the Beau Rivage and even in Mississippi, even at Gold Strike, you know, we've always believed in taking care of the customers and, and uh you know, they take care of us, we want to take care of them.
0: Well that's great. I just for those who tuned in uh, late, we're talking with Ken Lambert, who's the director of poker operations at the Beau Rivage. He was on this show back in October of two thousand and eight and we brought him on again to talk about what's going on. They're having the uh, big poker tournament at the Beau Rivage in January, and then in February, uh, they're also having a big poker, the World Poker Open, up at the Gold Strike in Tunica, which is the sister property. Anything else before we go, Ken, that you want to make sure our listeners know about either the Gold Strike up in Tunica or the Beau Revage down in Biloxi?
3: Well, you know, a quick thing about the uh, the Gold Strike in Tunica, you know, all the hotel rooms have been remodeled. They've, they've done a fabulous job, and. And, uh, uh, you know, the property is just beautiful now. You know, the, uh, the hotel rooms are gorgeous. Uh, fabulous steakhouse, you know, also at the, uh, at the Gold Strike. And then about the Beau Rivage, you know, we come right back there, um, again for a, uh, uh, for another tournament called the Spring Break Poker Classic, which actually starts March 26th and runs through April the 11th.
0: I think I may come down for that because, I was looking to go to a conference in Las Vegas, which is not going to happen anymore. So maybe I'll take a week of vacation and come down. I like the Biloxi area. I was there before the hurricanes destroyed it all, but it's been all rebuilt. And I've heard such good things about your casino that I've never been to. I think this might be a good excuse.
3: It'd be a great excuse for you. And I'll tell you what, if you call me and you want to book a room... Might try to give you a little something actually a little something special just for coming down and visiting us
0: the first time. <laughs> well, I may take advantage of that. Ken, it's been very good chatting with you. I appreciate the fact that you are, are continuing to call us when you have interesting things going on. Feel free to do so in the future. And if all goes according to plan, we may actually get to meet face-to-face either at the World Poker Open or down in the spring tournament down at the Beau Rivage. Thanks again for joining us tonight. That'd be wonderful. Thank you very much. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to have a commercial break, but we will be back with poker author Sam Braids. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to uh, mention something, that if any of you have any poker questions that you would like to ask, we are always interested in your questions and comments about the show, about the guests, strategy questions. They could be practical questions about where and how to find the game. Send your questions to info at House of Cards Radio dot com and you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash HOC radio. We're very interested in them and of course if they're particularly interesting we'll put them on the air and answer them here in our segment of mailbag. Info at house of and www.twitter.com dot com slash HOC radio. Info at house of dot com and www.twitter.com dot com slash HOC Radio.
1: Hey, listeners! This is Dave from House of Cards, and we'd like to congratulate Beth Gaines from Los Angeles, California, as the winner of our Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure Giveaway beth has won courtesy of poker stars and house of cards three nights at the atlantis resort and casino in the bahamas one thousand dollars in cash a 250 dollars gift certificate for the spa at the atlantis resort and free entry into both the ladies event at the 2010 poker stars caribbean adventure and the poker stars boot camp being held at the atlantis congratulations beth from all of us at house of cards
0: poker players listen up your right to play poker continues to come under attack But with over 1 million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides, but we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love.
1: You're listening to the House of Cards. Join us online at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. I guess it was the biggest poker game I ever took a hand in.
2: Welcome
0: back, listeners. This is House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams. And as promised, we're going to have, we have an author of a couple of different poker uh, books. Actually, one's a book, one's an online guide. And the online guide I want to talk about first because I have met a lot of players who are either very strong Hold'em players or Omaha players. And they're playing in uh, hose tournaments or horse tournaments. And they're faced with this kind of weird game, in their view, called Stud 8 or seven-card stud, high-low, eight-or-better, and they really don't know what to do. There aren't many books. There are a couple of books out there. Well, Sam has written a guide that really helps players, especially people that are at least a little familiar with poker, uh, to learn about the proper strategy for stud eight. And I have Sam on the line. Sam, are you there? Yes. Well, tell us about this site uh, that's, you know, Welcome to Seven-Card Stud High-Low Poker. What is the site? And how can people access it?
4: Uh, Well, it's uh, free. It's just over the Internet. Uh, You just go to uh, studhilo.com. How did you get that domain name? uh, Believe it or not, it wasn't taken. Wow. Uh, I mean, as you said, there is not much information about this game out there. And, um, yeah, I just registered the domain name.
0: Now, it's stud H-I-G-H, H-I-G-H or is it just H-I-L-O?
4: Uh, it's H-I-G-H-L-O-W.
0: So it's studhighlow.com. Yes. Terrific. And what do you have on there?
4: Um, I have uh, charts. The most useful thing is, is starting hand uh, categories and uh, charts of the premium starting hands. Uh, What confuses people when they play this game is that if you're used to seven-card studs for high only, um, a lot of um, the premium hands in that game, like pair of kings with a jack kicker, uh, hands like that are very marginal in stud high-low. That's right. And uh, people... Get confused by that. Uh, they actually, you actually have to fold some very attractive-looking hands. And well, I,
0: that's right. I remember reading a section of a book. It used to be that stud eight was only written about in books on other games, and there'd be a page or two. And I read the awful advice, but in fact fairly common among not really good Stud 8 players, that Stud 8, the starting hand requirements, are the addition of the starting hand requirements for Stud High and uh, Raz, or Stud Low. And in fact, that's not true at all, as your example just illustrated. So for our listeners, just to kind of entice them to the site, I guess give them a little bit of information... What would you say are the type of hands that are good starting hands for a stud-8 player to play?
4: Well, the, the premium hands, um, roll trips, work uh, very well in both games. Um, aces are important cards in high-low games. Aces with a low kicker uh, is an excellent starting hand because aces are simultaneously the best high card and the best low card. So it's almost like having an eighth card in your hand. Um, It's like an extra card. Yeah. Um, But the way you make the big money in stud eight are with low straights and low flushes, uh, because those work both ways, and and you almost invariably get paid if you have them. Uh, You know, somebody with two pair is going to call you if you make a low straight on the end. Uh, so if you can start with three low-suited cards, uh, low-suited connected cards is uh, really top hand. And, and you know, unlike rolled trips, it's not going to win by itself. Uh, you can get three, four or five of diamonds and get hit with bricks after that, and you'll have to fold. Uh, but when those hands work out, they they tend to win very big.
0: Yep, I agree. And dangerous hands are hands like a uh, pair of jacks, pair of tens, pair of nines, and not just changes. I mean, nines probably unplayable, tens probably unplayable. Jacks rarely is are playable. And those are hands that you generally would play in a stud high game.
4: Yeah. Yeah, cuz you, you never want to have second best high hand or second best low hand in stud eight cuz then you're drawing for half the pot. And you're going to get jammed by the other players, and it's going to cost you a huge amount of money to draw to half the pot. (laughs) So it uh, uh, it's just a losing strategy in the long run.
0: Would you say that you're playing, in fact, fewer hands to be fewer starting hands in stud eight than you would be playing in stud high or even in raz?
4: Yeah. um yeah you have to be really selective. Um, uh, you know I, I think I know when I play it and I look at my statistics, uh, I'm rarely playing more than ten percent of the hands, uh, usually five to ten percent, which is pretty low. Um,
0: you mean to Fourth street you're not even you're not even seeing Fourth Street more than ten percent of the time.
4: Yeah, um, well, you see it more I, I would say to Fifth Street. You know, you're going to see 4th Street more because um, a lot of players uh, will limp with three low cards. And if you've got the bring-in, you'll see 4th Street for free uh, a lot of times, uh, way more than you would in uh, Raz or seven-card
0: nice Yes, that's a good point. You, I'm talking about... Uh, where you have an option of folding, yeah, and that's no more than ten percent of the time.
4: I, yes, yes.
0: Interesting. Uh, where do you play your games, Sam? And wh- what are we talking about? We're talking about pretty much on the internet because there aren't yeah, many casinos that spread it live.
4: Yeah, yeah. I've pretty much been playing on Full Tilt Poker. Um, you know, you can also um, get the card rooms like Full Tilt or Poker Stars that have big player bases. Uh, there's enough people that you can almost always find a, a active game.
0: Now, did you rely on any of the texts that have already been written to develop your game? And if so, which ones?
4: I, I think the most insightful um, uh, explanation of Stud 8 is uh, just a book chapter in Super System 2, and it's actually Todd Brunson who writes the chapter. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just a chapter, <laughs> but it, it's a very insightful, uh, commentary on Stud 8. Uh, Ray Z, back in the early 1990s, uh, wrote a book on it, uh, that was published by 2 Plus 2.
0: Yeah, it combines Stud 8 and Omaha 8, yeah. I think, doesn't it? Yes, yep. How did you find that?
4: Um, I, um, uh, internet search. <laughs> no, I, Oh,
0: I don't mean technically, how did you find it? Oh, I mean, oh, what did you think of it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I found that a,
4: a It was very right useful. under
0: Z uh, in the bookshelf. Uh, it, was, yeah. it wasn't hard to find at
4: all. Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I found it very useful for the starting hands. Uh, I, I mean, he he thinks about the starting hands a little bit differently than I do in my guide uh, in terms of how he organizes um, uh, grouping them. But the way he ranks them, I you know, I think is very accurate. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he tells you to avoid, um, like, uh, uh, never play the, the second high hand on the board. I, I mean, if you've got... A pair of queens and somebody's raising with a king, get out. So.
0: That's good advice. Now, what about on the low end of things? This I find that a lot of people that I've seen play pl- don't play what I think to be optimally because they're playing Raz hands for low to a raise when they really should be folding, like a hand like 7-deuce-4.
4: Uh. yeah yeah those are terrible hands um if if the hand doesn't if you don't see a way uh, that you can scoop with that hand you shouldn't be in it so um so hands like you know eight seven two i I mean you're never going to make it straight you've got the worst low hand um you know if if you can't scoop you, you really shouldn't be in it,
0: I agree, so tell us i mean you also are the author of an intelligent guide to poker, which I have, and we've talked about i believe on the air before. yes, you now have a new edition of it. Tell us about updating it, what's different, what's worthwhile, what you've jettisoned, if anything, and why
4: um Well, what I've tried to do with this book is is really have a a lot of useful resources. You know, I I think the resources in the book are are really worth the price of the book. Um, You know, some of the new features, uh, it has data on expected profits from all 169 Hold'em hands uh, that are – Analyzed from actual internet play. Uh, so this isn't theoretical or a computer simulation. Uh, and this data has also uh, been analyzed uh, further in terms of position and cards, so you can actually see a 3-D plot of the uh, expected value of the hand.
0: Well, what do you mean a 3-D plot? You have to wear special glasses for it or what? Uh,
4: no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, a plot with three axes in it. So if you think of a histogram, but there's three dimensions. Uh, you know, Think of a
0: histogram. I'm sorry. I, what is a histogram?
4: <laughs> a, a chart oh. with bars. Uh, it, think of a bar chart.
0: Okay, and, thinking of a bar chart.
4: Uh, and so on a typical bar chart, you might see uh, a vertical axis that shows your um, uh, expected profit, and on the horizontal axis, you'll see, say, pairs. You know, aces, kings, queens, etc. Yes. But then think of another dimension: your position. With respect to the blind. And uh, so you can see in these charts that, um, you know, pairs play relatively independent of position. Uh, But hands like connected suitors, uh, the expected profits turn out to be strongly position dependent. And, you know, you'll see Jack 10 suited, for example, is fairly profitable late position and not so much an early position uh, So you can really yeah you know, people talk about how important position is and hold them uh, but um, uh, these charts actually visually show it based on real data taken taken from the internet.
0: Well that's the only kind of data that I support is real data. <laughs> Any of that fake data that's floating on out there, I think we should just forget about it. Okay, so what, what else have you added? So you got some 3D charts that you don't need special glasses for, but that illustrate uh, the position and the hands relative to each other, uh, as far as how much you can win or lose. What else is new?
4: Uh, there's um, uh, more, uh, some more essays just about the psychological aspects of playing Hold'em, uh, ties in some of the ideas in behavioral finance uh, that uh, people have used in making economic decisions and investing uh, to show kind of the the mental traps people fall into in, in making financial decisions. You can also fall into them playing poker, a very similar mental trap. Can you give us an example of what that is? Oh, um, uh being um, well, one trap uh, is somehow believing that the past affects the future. You might think that you know if you've had a bad run, you must be due for a good run. Uh, you'll see people make these mistakes with um, stock investing. and you know, they get very attached to a price they paid for a stock. In the past, and then it affects their sell decisions yes. in the future. I see. Uh, and people at poker tables can get into the same kind of mental thinking. They get attached to the buy-in amount at the table. Uh, they bought in for a hundred dollars, so they get anchored to that price, and they're going to sit there until they get even. <laughs> Right. Uh, when they might get even a lot faster if they just move to a better game. Uh, and
0: uh, Right. Well, let me ask you something. We've got about a minute left. Where can people pick up your second edition? I think it's the second edition of yeah. your Intelligent Guide to Poker. Is it at bookstores now? Is it coming out? No, at, it'll,
4: it'll be coming out in May.
0: Coming out in May. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, in the meantime, uh, studhighlow.com. Uh, is where you can read about some very interesting stud high-low strategy as well as looking at charts. And stay tuned for May when we'll be able to pick up a copy of Intelligent Guide to Poker. Sam Braids, as always, a pleasure to talk with you. Feel free to contact us again, maybe before May, to uh, highlight your book again. Thank you. All
4: right. Thank you
0: very much. Take care, listeners. That was Sam Braids. We're going to... uh, take a break now and we'll be back with the house of cards mailbag stay tuned Hi, listeners, this is Ashley Adams, professional poker player, author, and host of House of Cards. You can all, wherever you're listening to our show, we're now blanketing the United States. You can send in your questions or comments about the show to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash hocradio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and
1: www.twitter.com slash HOC Radio. Great moments in history. In July 1937, Amelia Earhart was informed by her navigator, Fred Noonan, that they were off course over the Pacific Ocean.
2: You're lost. you here telling me that I'm not in heaven. Can I hold the No. no. Can I hold the no. no.
1: That is so not cool. In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to houseofcardsradio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. Poker players, listen up. Your right
0: to play poker continues to come under attack. But with over 1 million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, Your rights and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides, but we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The poker players alliance fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we
1: love you're listening to the house of cards i'm gonna fold uh-huh okay well i'm still in cruz how about you maybe i should fold well let me see let me see first no not with a hand like that come on dare me go on bluff me come on how much i bet it were me i bet everything but that's me i'm
0: aggressive gambler mr vegas come on go for it go for it yes yes there we go i'm in what you got well i got a full house three threes and two sixes that's a full house what have you got well you have fours i got an ace you got an ace an eight and a seven well you lose you see if you would have had four fours you would have (laughs) won
3: you're getting good at this you? you like it isn't this fun
1: Welcome
0: back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards, and we are joined for my favorite segment of the evening, not to diminish how much I like talking to our guests, but I really like talking to Dave Weishattle, who's joining us now uh, for our mailbag segment. What do you got for us uh, this evening?
1: Well, we have a listener from Boston who uh, is a no-limit game player, and he wants to get some tips. A no-limit game player. Yeah, haven't so, uh, you
0: learned the nomenclature of this game yet? It's no-limit hold'em. Them as they, oh, okay. Uh, as I'm they as they come. As they come. Okay. No he's Limit a no-limit game, game player. <laughs> okay. Good. A no-limit hold'em player. Yeah. Game.
1: game. Hold'em game. game. It's not the life version. It's the just the game version. I, okay, I, I, you can read between the lines any way you want. <laughs> okay, w- w- once I find out what the word nomenclature means. <laughs> no, but apparently he's a no limit hold'em player. Okay, okay, got it. And he eventually <laughs> wants some tips from you after you're done with this. He wants some tips on, on being a winning player. That's
0: the question. That's the question. He's call, He writes in and he says, "I want some tips. <clears throat> he should call my moyle, and then we can <laughs> do something about that." Um, no. no but, um, okay.
1: Well, I, I got. I got another question on how to place a bet. How to B- place? Believe a it bet. or not, <laughs> that could be for another show. But I'm sorry. That's only for the advanced yes,
0: holding so, strategy. Yeah, we get to that. Well, it's funny that he should ask this question this week because I was actually preparing an article for pokerology.com, a site I write for occasionally uh, that's on the internet. And I was trying to come up with a list of 10 quick things you can do to improve your no-limit game, but I only came up with seven. So I'll give you the seven, okay? is Do you think that would satisfy this no-limit game player?
1: I, I checked out long ago, so go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, first thing that you can do, that you know, I'm assuming that somebody knows the basics, but these are things to really improve your results. The first is game selection. You want to look for a game with bad players, uh, ideally gamblers, maybe even people that are at least a little inebriated. Um, there's some ethnic and uh, gender stereotyping that goes on in this, and I, okay. <laughs> I may get a lot of le- letters from angry listeners, but I was playing, in fact, just yesterday at um, first Mohegan Sun and then Foxwoods. And at Foxwoods, I sat down in a game and uh, within 10 minutes, it was obvious to me that these were all serious players. Not that they were necessarily very good, but they were relatively tight and pretty aggressive. And I, after the third hand of seeing a bet raised, a three bet, I said, why am I sitting here? These people are, maybe I can fool them, but they're not throwing lots of loose money in. That's not what you want. You want a game with lots of loose money. So that's the first thing, game selection. Um, and I stayed away from the ethnic and gender stereotyping. <laughs> right. um, I thought better of it. Two, seat selection. Just a very quick tip. Sit to the left of the money. If there are some big stacks, sit to the left of them, knowing nothing else. That will make you money uh, over time, all other things being equal, because you'll have the f- first shot to isolate the guy when he, or woman when she or he gets into the pot. And uh, you'll have the first shot at getting their money. Third thing is, I say generally speaking, players should tighten up. Obviously, there may be some players that are too tight. And by tight, I mean starting hand requirements. I don't mean folding to pressure. I don't mean timidity. But improve your standards for play. Four, in general, play more aggressively. Don't just call. Tend to raise when you raise. And when you raise, raise some significant amount. Watch the table. See how much it takes to knock people out. You want to have a bet that's over that threshold. So if generally two times the big blind knocks out most of the players, do that. If it's three, do that. Whatever it seems to take to clear the field of the people that just tend to call, it varies game to game. You want to be able to be more aggressive than you have been. Five, consider your position. Position is something that um, new players especially don't think about. Late position, you can play more hands. You can play hands more aggressively. Up front, you want to tighten up your game. You need to think about that. Six, You want to put your opponents into broad categories rather than just staring at players trying to see if they have some uh, unconscious action, some tick, their nose twitches when they're bluffing. Rather than do that, just tend to put people into general categories.
1: Tight, timid, loose, wild... Buy the book, clueless, tricky, something like that. That will help you. Do you hang around and watch them before you get into the game? Or, I mean, it's, it's almost too late if you sit down.
0: No, it's not too late. When you're sitting down and playing with them is really when you're observing them. Okay. And as you're playing, you're getting... Well, that could be expensive. I mean, you know... Well, you're, you're not you're paying... necessarily in action, but you're sitting at the table. Okay. Um... And while you're out of a hand, 80% of the hands, 70% of the hands, you're not going to be playing. Look around and see what people are doing. That's another tip. Be observant. Uh, I hadn't thought of it, but thank you, Dave. Okay. Uh, be observant of the other players when you're playing rather than just reading a book uh, or just listening to your music or spacing out, although there's time for that, too. And the last thing that I have is, and this is a little bit more sophisticated than the other tips, but I think it's very important, especially once you start to play with pretty good players are better, which is to think about your image in your opponent's mind. How do they view you? We know how you view you. You think you're a good player. But how do your opponents view you? Do they have, have you created an image of being wild and aggressive because you've been raising a lot lately? Have you been folding a lot? Do you look like you're tight? And think about how they view you and take advantage of that. So,
1: those are some tips. Let me ask you something going on about that. Talking at the table, what do you talk about when you talk to other players at the table do you tend to talk about the hands you think they have or the hands you want them to think you have or and what's allowed and what kind of information can you glean from a conversation at the table can i gleam gleam or glean is it gleam or
0: glean gleam is what your teeth do when you use a uh, tooth whitener, or teeth whitener, or tooth whiteners, or teeth whiteners. (laughs) Um, Glean is getting information. By the way, your
1: your teeth look beautiful. No, they don't. They're they're very dull. (laughs) These these beautiful fluorescent lights. I have
0: have dull teeth. I know it. Don't rub it in. Um, It's a product of uh, improper fluoridization when I was a child. Um, No, what I talk about, my first rule of thumb is I will listen to people talking about anything. I mean, the most inane babble. I will I will gladly listen to to create the sense that I care about them so that they should play more softly against me. That's a tactic that I use all the time. If they're talking about the Giants, I'm talking about the Giants. If they're talking about porno magazines, boy, I'm listening to that. If they're talking about strategy, I should have done that, we should have done that, that's fine. The one thing that you're not supposed to do at the table, although many players do it anyway, is you're not supposed to talk about the hand that's in progress it's, unless it's heads up. If it's me and you, doesn't matter. But if there are three players or more, or if there are two players and I'm not one of those two players, it's against the rules to talk about the hand lest you influence somebody else's action. Somebody should be acting without any of the knowledge of other players getting into the decision and even a casual comment like, oh, he's on a straight draw or God, I shouldn't have folded those cards. Look, they just came up on the flop or something stupid like that. That can influence somebody's decision, and that's not allowed.
1: Why not? That, that seems like it's part of the game, you know. If it, if the player is stupid enough to have it influence them, well, you know, they they shouldn't get their money. If it's heads up, okay, it's allowed. Mm-hmm. So if it's just you and me, no, I got that part. But you know, if it's a group it's, of people, it's why, not why not?
0: Because it's not fair for you to have the benefit of somebody else's observation about the hand. You're not allowed to benefit by somebody else's comment. Maybe he's mentioning something that you never thought of. Suddenly you're thinking, oh, there might be a straight out there. Why should you get the benefit of his comment? He's not in the hand. He's not playing against you. What if somebody stood behind your opponent and says, he's got a three? Should that be allowed too? It's the same thing. It's information that you may or may not have been attentive enough to pick up on your own, and so therefore you shouldn't have the benefit of it. I'm not saying that if two people are playing, they shouldn't be able to try to coffee house each other and say, Oh, I never play these kings, uh, but I'm going to raise with them. First of all, you never know if he's telling the truth or not, but that should be allowed. But not other people commenting. That's, to me, not fair, and it's against the rules. So, so how do you do at uh, Foxford and Motivation? Well, I, I actually, I had a very interesting experience. I ended up winning a small amount um, at both places. I mean, I had about six sessions over the three days that I was there. I started there Friday in the afternoon, and then I played all day Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, and Sunday afternoon, and uh, I had some $300 wins, I had a one $200 loss like that. in Is it a, a tournament you were in? I did not enter any of the tournaments, no. I just okay. played strict cash games, I played a little bit of 7-stud, uh, but primarily it was no limit hold'em, 1-2 no limit hold'em, uh, but I had a funny experience, I was sitting next to this guy, and we started chatting, I asked where he was from, he told me, I told him who I was, and he said, oh... I see. And uh, we started talking and I mentioned talking to some celebrity said, oh, um, how do you know him? I said, oh, I have a radio show. He said, really? Well, that's very interesting. And uh, I talked back and forth. He acted like he didn't know who I was at all. Then I got up to leave. And he said, is that your last time? I said, yeah, I'm not playing anymore. I'm going home. He said, oh, well, then I'm going to tell you I just bought your book. I'm really Joe from New Jersey, and I bought your No Limit book, and it's changed my game entirely. But I didn't want to let on because I wanted to know who you were, and I figured I could take advantage of that. But I didn't want you taking advantage of my knowledge that you would know that I knew about you like that. And uh, that was the first time that ever happened. Really? Joe from New Jersey, huh? Well, I don't know if it was Joe, uh, but a very nice guy. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. just the, I just made the up. Generic the, Joe. Joe. The, the generic Joe. The generic you know, okay. Joe. The New Jersey. Poker
1: Joe. Poker Joe from New Jersey. Right.
0: But it was a very nice conversation, uh, and he said he, he bought the book. He really appreciated it. It helped his game, and uh, he read a number of articles that I had written. But he didn't want to tell that to me okay. until I had already stopped playing.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Did you tell him you can listen to us in Jersey now on 1460? I told him he could listen to us in New Jersey on 1460
0: AM. On what night of the week is that?
1: Thursday night at 9.
0: Thursday night at 9. IFI. And I also told him, I asked actually asked him to send me his comments or questions to info at com, And he said that he would, that he had some things he wanted to write in
1: about, and maybe he will. Mm. He wasn't the guy that read this crappy question, right? I, no,
0: the guy that <laughs> no, read that the was, crappy question was, was you. Major, that, that was you, David. This was Dave from New Jersey. Dave from New Jersey, uh, the Hold'em game question. Yeah, the Hold'em. Yes. Yeah, very good. So anything else? I know we're about a minute left. I'm getting sign. the no, getting no time left. That is the House of Cards mailbag, and that is House of Cards for this week. Please come back next week. Until then, good night and good luck. Hi, listeners, this is Ashley Adams, professional poker player, author, and host of House of Cards. You can all, wherever you're listening to our show, we're now blanketing the United States. You can send in your questions or comments about the show to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash hocradio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC Radio.
1: Hey, listeners, this is Dave from House of Cards, and we'd like to congratulate Beth Gaines from Los Angeles, California. As the winner of our Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure giveaway, Beth has won, courtesy of Poker Stars and House of Cards, three nights at the Atlantis Resort and Casino in the Bahamas, $1,000 in cash, a $250 gift certificate for the spa at the Atlantis Resort, and free entry into both the ladies' event at the 2010 Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure and the Poker Stars Bootcamp being held at the Atlantis. Congratulations, Beth, from all of us at House of Cards.
0: Poker players, listen up your right to play poker continues to come under attack. But with over 1 million members, the Poker Players Alliance is dedicated to protecting your right to play this great American pastime. Even if you've never played a hand of online poker, the Poker Players Alliance is fighting for you. No matter where you choose to play, the PPA is working hard to defend you, your rights, and the game of poker. The PPA is making great strides, but we still need your help. We have sent a clear message to lawmakers and others committed to prohibiting your right to play poker. We are organized and we vote. Add your voice to our cause and join the Poker Players Alliance today. Visit www.joinppa.org and become part of the fight to save poker. It only takes a few minutes to make a difference. The Poker Players Alliance, fighting to protect your freedom to play the game we love.